Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thanks for joining us for another week of Take Two. It is Friday the 13th, which feels very Halloween-ish, but we're like a week out from Christmas. So My lucky day. It is your lucky day. You, you get yourself a black cat and a ladder and just do good stuff. I was born on 13th, so every once in a while, your Friday lucky number? the 13th, yeah. Okay, well, happy 13 lucky day for you. That's right. Well, it's a lucky day for our country because we've had a few nice things happening, even though you don't even know it. Mara brought this up today, and we're like, you know what, let's celebrate some of the good things because we're going to get to the stress of tax reform that happened last night. Uh, we're going to talk about ERA. We're going to talk about uh, the impeachment vote that's coming. If you haven't heard, that's going on right now. But um, we've actually buried underneath all of this even though the House intelligence hearings are going on. Mara, you said, hey, we've got some things that we can actually high-five about. We had this week some terrific things, actually. Trump, um, it looks like he has figured out an agreement with China that's going to be good for this country. Um, and I think most people are supportive of that. We had a great week with the Mexico-North American relationships. That was a bipartisan effort. I think uh, we have a great new update to NAFTA. Um, and I think, what was the third? Uh, we, the budget. The budget. Yeah. Looks like we so we're not going forward. to be shutting down we the government through for September. Christmas. So, yeah. you know, I wish we could fund permanently and long term, but that's longer than we've been in in a really long time. Sure. So just at this time where I feel like there's a lot that people are wanting to tune out on, we still are, you know, keeping things going. We've got some agreements that are moving our direction and our country is... You know, I would moving. say even in the toughest times, I mean, you can't argue these are probably some of the toughest times when you look at the rare air we're breathing with impeachment. It doesn't happen. There's been three before this time. And so in that climate, you're still seeing some of those uh, agreements and trade agreements and budget agreements that we would want under any circumstance. And we're seeing them in some of the toughest times. So I think those are good things that we should actually point out and uh, be appreciative. Are we surprised these are going on? Because you would think that maybe people would lose confidence in President Trump or making deals while this impeachment hearing is going on. The world has seen that just as much as we are. Mara, are you surprised that we're making these deals and making good things happen? Or is President Trump a good deal maker like he claims and just sort of crazy like a fox? So what I'm going to say is I think what holds true for all three of these is that they had bipartisan support. I think that these were pragmatic things. And what yeah. we're never hearing is that. I mean, when we get to the impeachment, I just had to tune out to mm -hmm. the just the rote partisanship. It's that, exhausting. That it's exhausting. You have to force yourself. So, um, you know, I, I'm hesitant because I'm a cynic like the listeners mm -hmm. here about applauding any executive <laughs> branch or any congressional, <laughs> but even so Congress. <laughs> even the Congress. I, yeah. I'm hesitant to applaud all this. But I'm going to just give a hats off that Amongst this all, we are still at, at a base level. I wish we would ch would achieve more. But at a base level, we're, we're handling business. We can do hard things. Yeah. So look, it's, politics is addition. Anything you do, you're going to need the votes on the in committee, on the floor. Everything's addition. So it's really how you bring people together. The common ground for the progress we're seeing 
I think Democrats, in a time that where they're leading an impeachment effort, want to show America that they are still working on behalf of Americans, that they are doing things that, that measurably are better for the country, and they want to have that. I think that the Republicans and President Trump want to show that they are uh, productive and that they are working as well. There's the common ground. Whatever inspires it, whatever motivates it, everybody in politics may have those, you know, those motivations, but... The fact is common ground is being reached, and I think that the, the benefit is our country. So good. Now, if that could be the exception, I mean, the, the norm, not the exception. The norm would be That's nice, what we that for would be sure. Great. Absolutely. That'd be great. And unfortunately, we have to talk about some issues where um, people are just not being nice. But um, here in Utah, I think we're all watching the impeachment hearings carefully to see how our four representatives are going to vote. I think we can probably guess how three of them will vote. The one question is Ben McAdams. Um, only two have spoken out, so McAdams... Every time we ask this, he's considering all the information, which I hope all of our representatives do. He um, is pushing for censure to happen instead of an impeachment, although I don't think he has time to probably pull that off. There's a group of 10 Democrats who are all like him, elected in a state that went for Trump. They're heavily Republican. They're in districts where they know they're running for a race again in November. Uh, let's start with you, Greg. What do you think is going to happen? Ben McAdams at some point will have to vote. He'll have to make a decision uh, yeah. after so, he considers everything. So if I were to predict, I would think he'd vote against it. I, I think that uh, I think that motion, that lean towards sense, being, uh, censorship or something like that is kind of a tell. Here's the challenge. Uh, when you run for a district that's essentially a Republican district and you're a Democrat, if we remember Jim Matheson and some of the you know, Democrat leadership in Congress versus representing your district. There's some, there's some, there's some tug of wars that go on there. And, and look, Ben ran for a district that is that is a Republican district. And so when you see that there has not been a bipartisan effort in the in the impeachment in terms of moving forward, it's been strictly partisan from beginning and still is now. Uh, that puts a congressman like Ben McAdams, but also I would say beyond those ten, there's about thirty of those Republicans that hold seats that uh, support the president, and they are caught in a very difficult uh, situation. And I think that I would hope that the merit carries the day. I, I expect it to. I know, I know Ben. I, under that prism, I think I know how I would vote. But I think you'll see – I don't think you'll see him vote for impeachment. So I, if gonna, he does, I think there's a – there will be – I don't know how long he'll I'm gonna be representing this. that seat. I'm going to make a case for support for Ben outside of the impeachment vote. And here's my case to be made. He is working like crazy. He reflects his district. He is a really good representative. He has some of the best constituent services we've seen. And we know his constituencies, unaffiliated Republican and Democrats, like what he's doing. Yeah. Here's my case for support. If we make the next election in Utah, about a litmus test on one vote, then shame on us, because we're going to get a specific kind of politician in office. Now, I don't care if that's about impeachment. I don't care if it's about a social issue. What I think is misplayed over and over in modern politics is that I am 8 out of 10 for a guy, but I'm going to throw him out on the two things. And I know we can make a passionate argument about those two things. But I would make the case that regardless of how Ben votes, because he's between a political rock and a hard place. Yeah. So throw out the politics. Hate Trump, love Trump. Throw out the politic of it. And, and that's not what Ben's, that's what, not what any of our representatives are about. Representation is about how they considered Utah, where Utah got on several issues. Where is he on lands? Where is he on education? Where is he on the environment? Where is he, I mean, John Curtis is doing the same thing. We have some good representatives. And it would be a shame to only judge these representatives on one vote. And I would uh, hope look, we avoid that. And I think you make a great case, if not for it 
the, that one issue being impeachment, which has only occurred three times in our nation's history. This is not uh, this isn't a single voter issue type of decision. This is something that just doesn't happen very often, if ever. So I think that's what makes that vote very, very different than maybe the other ones where we wouldn't, none of us, I've been a public servant, I would never want to be judged on one single vote of the many, many we make. But impeachment's different, and I think that we are in a very different time. So that one carries a weight that I don't think other issues do. But and Greg, I, do think I think he's you're saying that through a very partisan lens. I mean, we have no Venn diagram on Trump, right? You and I are two little dots on the opposite <laughs> I mean, side. Ends of the spectrum. Like there's, there's none. Yeah, so, so, that is true. So yeah. that issue is so highly politicized. I understand the gravitas and the gravity of, of impeaching a yes. sitting president. I completely understand that. I also understand the job of the House of Representatives. And I understand the separating those branches of government and I understand doing the work of the government. And I think to throw that out, to throw that out over one very important vote, I could argue a series of epic votes that only happen generationally. But I would still urge you, until Americans start looking at the body of the person that we want and not saying, ugh, I hate that color, I'm throwing you out, which is what we tend to do. And I would say that the preponderance of work, he still has a year left, he still has to make his case. Yeah. But I still say that, look, look at where Utahns are on Trump. So we've been anywhere from lukewarm to agnostic to not sure. And you're suggesting that that be the litmus test for them. Now, if he doesn't act honorably, if he can't make a case for support for his vote, yeah. if he's not clear on it, throw the bomb out. But if he did his scrutinization and followed his gut and did what he thought was right, and, and I'll be that on several issues. And if he if he's not for you, then throw him out. But I, I think it's unfair to Ben. It's unfair to for I'll any give of you our last word. I have I have a comment, but we got I know there's other topics. Vote so I'll give you the last word people. on that because I but let's let's move on. But there's All right. yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. So next week, hopefully, we can talk about it, and then we'll most likely be talking about probably the first president in history that will be moving forward, running for office with that added additional title to his sure. business card. So it'll be interesting. All right, back here in the great state of Utah, we largely get things done in the legislature because of the representatives where it is easily more than two-thirds of the vote in favor of something. But last night, we saw the tax reform pass, but they didn't have that two-thirds vote. And to my understanding, it'll be 60 days now before this um, actually goes into effect. Uh, the governor's office calling it the biggest tax cut the state's ever seen. If you listen to some Republicans and Democrats, it's probably one of the stupidest things we've ever done. Mara, when you look at what happened last night, are you okay with how it went down? Did we need more time? We only had a few hours to read the 214-page bill when it was finally released with its end game of what they were voting on. I was really disappointed. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little politic here. Ooh. I like the. I'm I, so surprised. I. I, tr I I trust the intent of the people doing tax reform. So I say that right before I indict the, high, the whole process. Because <laughs> they I, also. I, I feel conscious of wanting to say I'm not indicting the individuals. I'm sure. not doubting, doubting their intent and their goodness. But here's how this story has gone for me. Uh, you know what? Lower, flatter. We need to distribute the system. This reform is about really straightening out that we need more money on the side of infrastructure. And so our solution for that, oh, is a tax, complete tax cut. So my, I first got my first bit of whiplash before I'm like, oh, so we need more money for infrastructure, so you're giving us a tax cut. Oh, by the way, we're disproportionately going to burden the poor with that. Oh, did I tell you you should celebrate the fact that if you average, you know, 25000 at the earned income at the end of the year, you get $13 back. 
okay, did we fund roads? Did I miss the part where we funded roads? No, I didn't miss any of this. There's not any logic through line. We have not achieved uh, lower, flatter, significant, take big cuts. We cut people who didn't have lobbyists. And I'm intentionally telling you my answer is convoluted long and, and um, equates things that don't belong together because that's what this tax bill is offering us. We chose a regressive line of thinking. We didn't add the income we need to significantly tackle infrastructure. Oh, and by the way, we have a budget surplus, so you're giving us a tax cut so it's lower and flatter and we have less earmarks. Well, we, we took the earmarks off of insignificant things. So here's what I say. I'm shocked by the Republicans giving me more bureaucracy, more government, and not solving my problems. Because one of the things I'll own is brands. And I'll own a progressive brand. But I hate when the Republicans go against brand. I'm like, you they just, they sound you like just you? made it more complicated. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're taking and your can brand? you even follow what I'm saying? you should love it. No. <laughs> like, I'm just telling you, it's, it's, it's more bureaucracy. If I'm a low-income person, you're first you acknowledge that you've screwed me, and then second you tell me to fill out a form. Oh, thanks, Republicans. Thanks for streamlining that. And yeah. you didn't raise enough money on the supply side to want to solve any problems. And so I, again, will go back to well-intended folk. And I'm not sure why we had to rush this through. Remember, we don't like to rush things through elections. We're less than, what, 40 days out of the session, and this couldn't wait. This couldn't wait. And then my other thing, and then I'll let him go. <laughs> I will tell you I'm that waiting. how, I, so I'm, an, I'm a Democrat, right? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a let's bring people together and talk. But I don't want people to confuse. My, my latest pet peeve is when people say, well, we held five public hearings, you know? All respect to people in Duchesne County, all respect to the people in my neighborhood. Public input is a part of the process. When you're talking about structural tax reform, I would like experts to weigh in. And the fact that give or take $5 million was on the table up to five hours before, I would like you to dial that in a little bit. This this is not you know a weather test. This is tax reform. Yeah. I feel like I want some experts doing math in addition to the public comment. It's true, because there's a lot for just the average person to take in. And I don't know if any of us know how it's going to shake out for us, because there's the little graphs of how much you'll get back every year, whether it's 100 or 800, then you got to spend more in groceries. And Greg, I know that you may or may not be running for governor. Um, I've seen your Instagram change uh, name yeah. that, that may reflect that you might be running. Every this person who's change. running for governor already has said they were against the idea of yes. the food tax. That includes uh, the lieutenant governor who said he rarely speaks out against the governor, but would on this. Did they screw things up? So yeah, it's look, it's a, it's a tough call, but let me just say this. Um, to the point, I, I just there's a couple of things that are being said. I think very loosely that I want to correct the record as, as Mara I see it. or just from people outside. I've heard he it from did, more than just Mara. It's, it's not just it's not just Mara. It's not just Mara. <laughs> people say, "Oh, this is very rushed." This is a bill that started in the last legislative session. This is one that that looked very different than it looks today. And there was a process through that session. They did not come to any agreement, and then they had the interim where they've had exhaustive work and public hearings. And now you're walking into the end of this year. Uh, and when you're in a, in a general session, you aren't just dealing with one issue like like tax reform. You have the entire state's issues in that very small, compressed amount of time, 33 working days in a 45-calendar-day session. I think this is getting more attention, more bandwidth than it would ever get in the competing interests of a general session. And so if someone says this has been rushed and this hasn't been given its fair consideration, I think it's been given an incredible amount of, of consideration. Here's Here's what I know. It has been pared down significantly from where it started last year. I because would argue of lobbyists. I it, it's 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 the argument or the debate we're having about how you tax or if you tax services. But I think what was passed last night is a tax cut. I love tax cuts. 
The bigger problem is, I and think that... And was that our goal? Our goal was to so, give ourselves a so $13 I, tax cut? Mara, I gave you your chance. I sat here patiently. Just wait. I'm going I'm to answer all your questions yeah, and more. Sure. So, so <laughs> we, we pared it down. I think what you can look at is it's a ta- I love tax cuts. And I think that on the whole, it is a tax cut for, for Utahns. And I think that supply side does generate more by way of the sales tax you pay for the general fund. Here's our bigger problem. Well, there's two. One is... If I can't track, because you just mentioned in the beginning of this topic that we had a bill, a new bill that was introduced right before they went and into the special session yeah. to consider. There were two substitutes to that same bill in the Senate. So you have three different bills. If we were having lunch yesterday talking about this, three different, entirely different bills that ultimately were considered and then ultimately voted on. If I can't track what's going on there, having been the former speaker, then I don't think that the public at large really knows what we did. But you and I are sharing And that's that. where the public... Yeah. That's where the public recoils. Now, what you need and what we've had in other tax reform or cuts or even tax increases is you've had the chief executive, whether it be in a state, you have Huntsman's uh, tax reform or cuts. When Bangader, I remember the, the talk of Bangader's tax increases, that was all the work of a legislative body, but there was a chief executive that was explaining to the public broadly the what and the why. We had 75 members of 75 members when we passed the, the Huntsman tax reform that supported it. All senators did as well. And everybody called it sausage. They said, is it perfect? No. Is it good policy? Yes. But what you had is a chief executive that was leading that discussion so that the public would understand it. The legislature, I've learned, being away from it, they're not built for that bully pulpit. They will have 50 more hearings. No one's ever going to know what really we're talking about. You have to have your chief executive of the executive branch leading that discussion. It's what it's designed for. The whole title of this is the Legislative Tax Reform. By title, we know that there's going to be an information gap because the legislature doesn't do that. So that's, that's, that's going to be a problem. Here's the other thing, as I understand, as I'm trying to understand the bill. It's a Band-Aid at best. And I'll tell you why. Because I think they've looked at some of the, the general fund issues and they're trying to create that structural stability. I think they've bought for the state a, a number of years, maybe a few years. But here's what's really happening. We have a, a health and human services budget that grows very quickly. It was third of all the different budgets when I arrived and public education was first. It is now first and climbing very quickly. We don't print money in this state. We balance budgets in this state. There needs to be a very frank and maybe even uncomfortable conversation about what we prioritize because this state budget, by what I've just described, you don't print money and you have to balance budgets. What are we going to do without? This budget, this state budget will never be all things to all people and I think that's a conversation we are going to have to have with each other. But until you do, things like you saw last night are always going to be seen and there's going to be some uh, some worry because they don't know. People don't know what they have. I think we're saying the same thing, interestingly. Yeah. I will say I'm uh, glad they did not consider the constitutional amendment uh, for income tax for education. And I'm glad there's a, yep. a great tax cut that I think will feed into a strong economy. I can't wait to spend my $13 and I'm not worried about my roads. <laughs> <laughs> They're fine. They're <laughs> fine. They're the fine. It'll be fine. Waiting is great, and idling is terrific for our air. So both of those things. No, it are just does not hurt. Roads. Don't it's idle, a false people. Choice. Just turn it off. It's a Tell false your kids choice. to walk home from school. That'll help our healthy human yeah, services there we budget. Go. Walk Eat vegetables. More. Walk more. Some of these problems we can solve ourselves. Solve yep. ourselves at home. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about something else that happened last week. We didn't have a podcast, so if you tried to listen in and we weren't here, we apologize. I hated that, by the way. I, I missed know. you all. I was in Washington, I and it was very rainy, much like we're getting winter here. Uh, ERA in Utah. So are you like, whoa, we got to do this? Man, Let's sign I up. I am. Look at, look at who I'm sitting with on this panel. What am I supposed to say on 
Equal Rights Amendment. Okay, well, women I'm don't all agree on up. this, so you can just no. say whatever you want. Okay, so here's my quick. I'm going to try and say this quickly. Okay. Without Mari, I'm, I'm glad I'm not. I'm, I'm further quietly. than arm's length. She's going to try and quietly. swing at me here. I don't know that the RA. There's actually even constitutional arguments about whether the time has expired, where this the states that ratified it would have to redo it or not. The fear in, in reopening or redebating the RA for me is the the potential to talk past one another. I would rather. Uh, having been raised by a single mom and a, gra a sing grandmother that was a single mother and having nothing but the absolute commitment and belief that everyone should be treated equally and in all af aspects of our lives, show me the legislation we can pass. Show me the things we can do in real time that are relevant in 2020 that we can make sure that that's the case. I know our state constitution absolutely defines this in a very uh, specific way that we're all equal. I don't want to get into an ERA uh, debate if it's if it lends itself to this talking past one another which is what i'm afraid that effort would do but i don't want that mistaken for not being wholly committed to making sure that we are treating one another uh, fair and honestly and that people have the success uh, that they deserve so Mara, it would be nice if utah could be the final uh, straw there that made them get past the point they needed to but i didn't realize there were women who were against it and i was like what can they have against it and then when i was hearing that we talk about breastfeeding as chest feeding i don't have chestages i have breastages like right. are those a walk backwards and we do need to do you know maybe take a step to the new millennium and we need something new or do we need to say yes let's ratify this let's get her done so here's one challenge with the era is that it's got a bunch of folklore around it over the last yeah. x number of years I and mean, i would say go read it uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's just a, it's a pretty run-of-the-mill, uh, it's, it's much like Utah did, actually. Yes. It yep. really just inserts that into it. So, so we have to separate the folklore around what it will and will not do. I'm going to map to a woman I think that is a moderate, considerate person, mm -hmm. and Christine Durham, who is our former um, Chief Justice in, in Utah, really articulated well while it, why it needs to be codified. It's the same reason it needed to be codified uh, at the state level. It just is, if it's not constitutionally considered that women are there, it's a pretty simple thing. And I don't ever buy slippery slope arguments because that's where your current elected officials come in. If we insert just women into the Constitution and then people say, oh, all this other stuff happens. I say, elect people who don't allow, allow that to happen. That's not how legislation works. It's not when you assert something, all, you know, the, the barn door is open. I thought, you know, it's, she said how critical it is that until the United States Constitution recognizes women, which we don't do at a fundamental level, and I think it's really necessary. I actually think it's really straightforward. What's not straightforward are the 25 years of arguing we've had about that. And I'm, and I'm sympathetic to that, and I'm sympathetic to wanting to sort of wash that away. There's also this body of argument that says, well, you have everything you wanted before. But we're, women are not protected in a legal way. And I think it's so simple. And to that I say, you're right, it doesn't do that much. So why are you against it? And look, so I, I get the slippery slope, and we can't. If we could, we could convince ourselves to do nothing under under the camel's nose, under the tent theory. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen. The one, I think, the one observation that worried me the most, where I thought the potential for not finding common ground was the greatest, is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who completely supports it, but does not believe since it started in the late '70s and how long it took. Correct. She does not believe that if Utah passed this, that you've hit the threshold. She thinks there's a reset with many states that would have to go through that process again. As soon as I heard that, that's when I'm going. 
can we save the time here? Can we save the debate? Can we just get to the heart of these let's issues? Let's let that roll. Like, why let's, is there a debate? I, when we when we codified it in Utah, the great state of Utah, what mass and mayhem happened after that? Greg, do you remember the dark days when we put women into our constitution? What happened? I, I think you realize this, 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 there will Nothing be deba- unnecessary happened. debates about this that I just so think we'll be talking past one another. So go talk to just pass the unnecessary stuff. Let's put it in. Let's roll the dice. Let's see how it goes. At the time, if it's a refresh, then it's a concrete refresh. And we refresh it, and and Utah can lead in the fir- in the next version of ERA. We can be the first instead of the last. But I give say, me that why are we stopping? Give me a statue, we can a bill we can all get behind right now and get I, it passed. Karen Kwan right. gave you do. one. Go look it up. Okay. Yeah, we've got that. That'll be interesting. I didn't realize I wasn't really thinking about RBG and all of this, but if you, we want to get it done for her, we don't know how much time she has That's left. Right. So giddy up. She's taking vitamins, but vitamins only do so much for you. So <laughs> works we'll see. for her. Works. It is working yeah, for her. I know she needs to hang in. I think a lot of uh, Democrats would say at least through 2020. So and probably a whole lot longer. Um, I wish the best of health to all of our <laughs> Supreme Court justices. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk. Probably a the thirteenth. I'm glad you clarified yeah, that. Yes. It sounded a little bit uh, right. macabre there. I want everyone to be healthy. Uh, one thing that we don't usually talk about are international politics, but I think it is important right now because we live in a world. We don't just live on an island here. But there was uh, a big election in the United Kingdom. Uh, Boris, who probably Johnson has the worst blonde hair, worse than our own president. <laughs> Like, does he have not have any gel or, like, anyone to help him get it anywhere? Anyhow, big, big win for him. Biggest win for the Tory party, I believe, since um, Margaret Thatcher. And do you look at this as they're an island, or do you think it has any good boating for oh, your I Republican think, Party? I think it's a harbinger for good states. things to come, Heidi and Mara. I do. So I have a unique perspective. My business partner uh, went to Oxford. Uh, he, uh, to, yeah, and he <laughs> stays. He he feels a connection to the uh, to to the politics and 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 to Great Britain. He was there when Margaret Thatcher took office. He was there and he saw some of the changes of privatizing some of the utilities and and he 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 will remember and he will share with me uh, the excitement and how some of those free market changes really did help help the country. And he was very worried about the, these elections that were coming up and described the Labor Party's vision of, of Britain versus the, uh, the, the Tory party. And he was certainly on the side of, of not wanting to reverse the things that Margaret Thatcher had done. If you, if you read Twitter, if you read the, the pundits, and it, feels, it felt so similar to what we see here in the United States, you know, the, the, the conservatives were going to get crushed in this, uh, this election. And they actually won dozens of seats. And in the what happened, but you saw a sweeping uh, success for the conservatives in that country. And if it had been up to Twitter, you would have seen the opposite happen. And so what I think we can take from this is that we are getting, we're in an era now with the, with the digital you know, age and social media that we live in these worlds where we think the reality is just what the ag- algorithms send us by way of confirmation bias. When people got to vote broadly, we saw a very different sentiment than maybe the talking heads were saying or maybe what your social media feed would say. And what I hope that means for this country is that People are not just picking the side and the talking head, but collectively, we have a great chance as a country to make some strong uh, votes and see what I would hope would be a more conservative path, one that, that promotes economic prosperity. And so what you saw in Great Britain, I think we have coming our way, hopefully, 
in the 2020 Mara's election. giving you stink eye, just so you She know. let me say that the whole time. <laughs> I did. I that sat. was very was polite. Like singing a little song in my head to get through it. So I, I loved the first Tea Party. I loved the Revolutionary War. I loved when we emancipated <laughs> The original ourselves. Tea Party. Okay. Yes, I just really feel like we're not looking to England to help us with our internal politics. Good for Boris. I think, you know, if you want to unpack what happened there, I agree yeah. with Greg. It was unexpected. Uh, it's, it's a lesson about... Uh, how we speak to each other and what elections. Now, we keep saying, oh, and how does that predict the, our next election? It doesn't. I mean, what I don't you think hope. what the U.K. <laughs> is doing. Pond in between but us. If I had to choose between the last U.S. election, yes. indicating where we are, in which cases you remember we went a little left, or this election, I'm going to say those are bigger indicators. Brexit is so unique. Brexit is so specific. Brexit is so complicated and so very UK and so very European Union. Yeah. And we don't think like that, right? Remember, we said no to the king. And so that's <laughs> why we're here. So I do think it says a lot about modern politics, maybe. I'll agree. I'll concede to that. If I concede to it being a precursor, I have to not accept the revolution. And I did. And I think America is America. <laughs> oh, and I believe we'll make our own The thing decisions. is that Brexit was part of that, major part of it. But the Labor Party was trying to embrace a whole whole new direction and a whole they wanted to stay in the European Union but they had other platforms and ideas that they buttressed that with that were very very different than where uh, England was and Great Britain was and so I think that there is something to glean from that I think that we've we've called it progressive in the past or populist in the past populist. I think it's maybe more conservative in tone mm -hmm. now and I think that's a good sign all right, I have one last question. Although my brain keeps thinking about the Revolutionary War, because when mm -hmm. Jim was sitting in this same seat two weeks ago, he was definitely talking Revolutionary War and bayonets. <laughs> he feels like we're going to just divide into two different countries. You're going to have to move and to the start again. Yeah, like north and south, east, east and okay. west. I don't know. I really don't want to do that, there. though. I would like to be on the temperate side of climate change, just so whoever's dividing it, I'm going to go north, so I can. <laughs> go north. I, I can just. I don't want to live in a hot climate, just as the powers that be are dividing. See, I like hot yeah. climates. Same. That makes so, sense. We yeah. probably shouldn't be living in the same yeah. region. I'd rather be hot than cold. <laughs> it's just a thing. I'd rather be hot than cold. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, moving forward here, uh, expectations. We're likely going to have a vote when we meet the same time next week. Are we ready for Christmas here? I mm. am not. I, but you know what? I'm. That's why this is why families work so well. My, I know that my wife is uh, working very Doing hard. Doing all the jobs my, for her. Yeah, that was horrible. I'm just trying. We're a partnership, Mom. We're a partnership. I know, I know. But we're a partnership. Let me ask the little misses if we're ready. No, I just saying that is she, you know, she's detail oriented. I am not. So if it's up to me and there's details. I kind of miss them sometimes. There's still division of jobs at my house. I'm the working mom, but like, don't ask division. me to take out the garbage. That is right. certainly not my right. job. You ready at your house? Okay, we're traveling. I'm originally from Denver. We're going there. Ooh. And the travel forces me to be ready. To be right? ready. Because I've got to figure out how to pack it all. So I'm, I'm going to go with mostly ready. All right. We're going to talk some serious issues before everyone leaves before Christmas. You're both going to be here next Friday. Yes. Excellent. And then we'll take a break. Let everyone actually enjoy the holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever you celebrate with your family. And then we'll take a deep breath and start at it again at the first of the year. It'll be fun. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much for being with us. And we'll be back next week to find out if we have a regular president or an impeached president. Ooh, that's a tease. That is.